0: Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy.
1: Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in. I'm Grant Cameron, editor of Firefighting in Canada magazine. On today's podcast, I'm speaking to guests about a new Canadian study that is calling for the creation of a national firefighter wellness surveillance system to address soaring cancer rates and other health risks amongst firefighters. The study was conducted by the British Columbia Injury Research and Prevention Unit and the University of the Fraser Valley in BC. The study looked at 10 years of firefighter health and injury data and found that cancer caused more than 86% of firefighter fatalities, overtaking cardiovascular disease as the top killer of Canadian firefighters. Joining us today are some of the team members who worked on the study. We have Len Garris, who is fire chief for the city of Surrey, BC, and an adjunct professor in the School of Criminology and Criminal Justice, and associate to the Center for Social Research at the University of the Fraser Valley. We also have Dr. Ian Pike, who is director of the BC Injury Research and Prevention Unit and Professor in the Department of Pediatrics at UBC. We also have Dr. Kenneth Coons, who is trained as a medical oncologist and holds a PhD degree in molecular pharmacology. And finally, we have Dr. Louis Francis-Guddy, who is an emergency department physician and past president of the Canadian Medical Association and Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada. Again, thank you. All for joining us today. Appreciate you taking the time out to speak to us about this very important subject. So, Len, uh, perhaps I'll start with you. Um, maybe you can explain just to our listeners how this study came about and the purpose of it.
2: Well, oh, absolutely, Grant. Um, mm-hmm. So, in our industry, over the last few years, there's been an awful lot of uh, conversation about the emergence of industrial disease, like cancers, as you pointed out, okay. and mental health. And, and these conversations needed to be quantified. And uh, it's, it's not that what we thought or felt was occurring was true, but we certainly needed to uh, quantify this with the research, and this database uh, allowed us to do that. I see.
1: And so, how did you go about gathering this information? Did you tap into uh, some studies that have already been done, that sort of thing, or?
2: Well, yeah, we did a we did an extremely comp- comprehensive literature review on cancers, and we also tapped into the database from the National Work Worker and Injury and Disease Program database, and, and that database contains all lost time uh, worker claims in Canada uh and we and we expanded that as you'd pointed out over the last 10 years. I see.
1: Okay. So um before we get into what the study actually said, why is this important to the fire service? Um this gives them information that they can build off for the future or
2: well, you know, the, the importance of this is we needed to create an evidence-based review of the risks associated with the prof, uh, profession. As I said before,
1: a lot of it was was anecdotal. Right. And, and this, this we.
2: In order for us to get the healthcare professionals, government, and policy people, we needed to create precision-based policy programs to reduce the deaths and injuries. And without data and research like this, uh, I, I'm not sure that we were being as effective as we possibly could. I see. Okay. And uh, how how long did uh, did this study
1: take? Uh, it's a lot of information to gather. I imagine, imagine it took you quite a while.
2: Well, we spent we spent on the data acquisition. Uh, we spent uh, almost a year in acquiring the data and having it sorted. We had to purchase the data from the uh, from the National uh, Workers Injury and Disease Program uh, Association, mm-hmm. uh, and then we we applied for a grant through Motorola with their gracious uh, support, uh, funded by Motorola so- Solutions Foundation. And then uh, I sat down with my colleague, Dr. Pike. And his team of of, uh, of uh, uh, occupational healthcare scientists.
3: Okay. And
2: uh, we, we pulled this together in terms of this research project, and then it took about seven or eight months in order to do the work. I see. Okay.
1: Um, I guess at this point I should mention the actual name of the study. It's a lengthy name here. It's. Determinants of Injury and Death in Canadian Firefighters, a Case for a National Firefighter Wellness Surveillance System. And uh, as I understand, it was funded by the Motorola Solutions Foundation grant program. So, um, right. yeah. So um, maybe uh, I could just move to Dr. Dr. Ian Pike. Um, we could turn to you. Um, could you give us kind of a rundown or... Summary of the the major findings of the study.
4: Sure, thank you very much, Grant. Well, yeah, as you mentioned at the beginning, the, one of the major findings of this study was that cancer has eclipsed cardiovascular disease as the leading cause of injury death claims made by firefighters, accounting for some eighty six percent of all deaths among firefighters. I see is about two to three times the national average of deaths due to cancers. And of course, we put this to um, the the fact that firefighters work in a very challenging and dangerous environment Mm -hmm. where they're exposed in many instances to factors that could lead in later life to the development of cancers. And this data tends to support that in terms of these higher rates. I see. Um, Uh, Another additional concern in this study was um, that while cancers led the way in terms of deaths, we also saw lots and lots of um, traumatic injuries, so injuries on the job accounting for many time loss claims among firefighters, and this, of course, is a concern when you're trying to run an efficient and effective operation in response to people who call the fire service right. that you have able and um well you have able workers that are there to sh- to to respond and so when you look at 90% of all time loss claims being due to injuries and 86% of those of, of death claims due being due to cancer, mm-hmm. you start to ask questions about what could we be doing to prevent the injuries and what could we be doing earlier in the course of people's lives as firefighters to understand their risk of cancer and to to develop programs and services that might prevent in the long run. Right, I see. While cancers are the leading cause of death, they are also Um, they make a rapid increase in their representation in firefighters after about age 45 or 50. Okay. So it's something that happens later in their career, but our view as prevention professionals uh, is that something needs to be happening much earlier. Right when they're recruited, they should be part of a program that recognizes exposure and potential around cancer in the long run. I see. Okay. Um so obviously
1: cancer's uh the most uh the biggest issue there, but uh also you mentioned traumatic injury uh is is still a big issue with with firefighters
4: as well. Yes, we're seeing that mm-hmm. on the job injuries result in time loss and claims through the Um, the the worker compensation system. In fact, about one in every 50 or 60 firefighters loses time due to injury throughout the course of their career, which is quite a high rate when you compare that to all other professions of workers in Canada. I see. And in addition to those injuries, we see, as you might expect, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, and not surprisingly, mental health issues as concerns among firefighters, which sort of round out the top five reasons why firefighters are missing uh, and making cl- missing work and making claims for that time off. Right, um, okay. And I think that, again, to my point, earlier intervention, yep. earlier support in the way of health promotion and wellness programs would be a good start. And we know that evidence in other professions, particularly those where stress is high, um, emergency response professions, um, these kinds of programs have a great effect on the prevention of injury, illness, and disease, but also as a way of supporting the mental health stressors that occur.
1: I see. Okay. Well, thanks for that. That's that's good information. Um, and uh, I know... Uh, mental health problems are also uh, becoming a bigger issue amongst the fire service. And there's more talk about that as well. So, um, so anyways, uh, just moving to Dr. Kenneth Kuntz, um, just maybe we could just delve a little deeper into the the stats of the study. Um, The, I guess the, the most important thing is that cancer cancer deaths amongst firefighters are are really high. Was Was that, like, a figure that you thought would be the case, or was that quite alarming? Um,
3: Well, thank you very much, uh, Grant. Yeah, Yeah. I I found that the uh, 86% of firefighters in this study succumbing to cancer was a very uh, surprising statistic to me, but not unexpected. If you consider cancer uh, as a disease, cancer actually is a natural consequence of living. Any living tissue that's cellular, you know, has a propensity to develop cancer. We know from the fossil records, I often give talks on cancer, and I show a fossil of a Gorgosaurus, which is a smaller cousin of a Tyrannosaurus rex, which died of a metastatic osteogenic sarcoma. Okay. So, So, you know, cancer is a natural consequence of living, and according to the most recent Canadian cancer statistics that were published in 2017, there were 206,000 new cases of cancer in Canada, and that's not including non-melanoma skin cancers, and about 81,000 deaths. Okay. Those statistics, those statistics show us that uh, the average Canadian person is at high risk of acquiring cancer and subsequently succumbing to cancer. Okay. As a matter of fact, cancer, I think, as Dr. Pike mentioned... Uh, is the leading cause of death in Canada, having surpassed heart disease in 2007. About 30% of all Canadians will eventually succumb to cancer. So you know, uh, it's not surprising that firefighters get more when you consider, yeah, uh, you know, what they what they do for for a living. You know, um,
1: uh, that's the, that's a, a very high rate, isn't it? Like 80 per, 86%. That's to me, that seems extremely high.
3: Um, well, it, it's, it's even more shocking when you consider it in context to a phenomenon that we refer to as the healthy worker effect. Okay. There's a very large uh, study that was conducted in the United States by Dr. Robert Daniels at the National Institute of um, Occupational Safety and Health, he studied about 30,000 firefighters over a 60-year period. And when he looked at their health, you know, they – they were like thirty percent less often to die of pulmonary disease. They were twenty percent less likely to die of diseases of the central nervous system. You know, they were thirty nine percent less likely to die of complications around alcoholism. So you know, they were essentially much less likely to die of chronic disease. But when you look at the cancer statistics, they're more so it's it's sort of like compounding and magnifying. They should have thirty percent less cancer than the standard public. But in fact, they have much more cancer. Oh, I see. Its, account, it's 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 on account of what they do for a living. You know, they're exposed to... Toxic
1: chemicals water. and cancer-causing chemicals, exactly, yeah.
3: In very hazardous environments over a, yeah. a lifetime. You know, the average firefighter probably has 20 or 25 years in the fire service. In addition to that, you know, disruption, because they work these shifts, and I know training as a medical resident, you know, when you work shifts and you're under you know. stress, it's very caustic. But, uh, you know, they work these uh, long shifts where um, there's a lot of mental stress. You never know when, you know, there's going to be an accident or a fire. And so they're exposed to these uh, stressors over a long period of time. And we know from certain studies that disruption of the circadian clock genes, uh, you know, is also predisposes uh, right. to cancer. So they have a number of different factors that are working against them but i never expected uh you know a fatality rate of 86%. I mean it really does call for yeah an international action i see.
1: And if if i read the statistics in the report right that uh, the number of fatality claims due to cancer that's an annual rate i think of 50 per 100,000 firefighters that's that's very high in my 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 thoughts anyway.
4: Um, quite high.
1: Yeah. Do, do you have any sense of of just why that is? Is it because they firefighters are exposed, you know, in fires to chemicals and that sort of thing, or did this did this study get into that at all?
3: Well, I think that just over a lifetime, over over the their uh, lifetime in the fire service, they're just exposed to many, yeah, many, you know, probably hundred. Like, if you look at everything. You know, just look at the room around you. Everything is constructed from synthetic materials, you know, and glues and... Exactly, yeah. uh, Metallic alloys and things. When you heat that, when those uh, materials, construction materials and furniture and carpeting and so forth, are exposed to this, uh, you know, incomplete uh, combustion you can potentially potentially produce thousands of different carcinogenic compounds you know things like benzene polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons
1: right i see these, these these
3: uh these toxins are you know if you consider their solubility there some of them like benzo[a]pyrene are 1 million times more soluble in the body okay. than outside the body and so when these lipophilic toxic compounds get into the body and deposit in the fat tissues and, and so forth. You know, they have a long time to work on creating genetic mutations that eventually lead to cancer. So. Right, you know, I see. You know, that, that, that requires a word about the turnout gear. Even the most modern turnout gear with positive, uh, pressure breathing apparatus and so forth is insufficient to keep these carcinogens out because the firefighters will tell you mm-hmm. that, you know, they can smell like burning plastic or smoke you know, for several days after, after right. fighting a fire. I had a friend, uh, a firefighter, we were walking one day, and he said, "He said, you know, Ken, that blaze that I was working on, that apartment block that, that mm-hmm. burned down, you know, I was in that for three days trying to knock that fire down, and uh, my wife told me that I smelled like a smoked ham.
1: Is broken. that right? Okay. And
3: I said, well, you know, were you wearing your uh, equipment? Did you have your gloves and your balaclava? He said, oh, yeah, I wore everything. And so those toxins get in. Uh, you know, and also when a firefighter is taking their, uh, taking off their turnout gear, that's when they get a lot of exposures, you know, when they're taking their equipment off and so forth because the inside of the cab of the truck is coated with tar and soot and their equipment is coated and so forth. So I think that this is a risk that is very hard to get around. I see. And, uh, situational awareness. I know Dr. Garris, Len Garris uh, published a paper a few years back that was called situational awareness in the fire service. And I think a firefighter has to be aware of the risks that they're up against. I see. And they also, they also have to take personal responsibility for their own health. You know, um, they have to, you know, uh, pay attention to lifestyle factors um, as well.
1: Yeah. And I I imagine even when a firefighter after a, being at a blaze or fire uh when they're taking off the equipment um, possibly carcinogens toxic material could get on their skin that sort
3: of thing so in my opinion you know some of these compounds are so fat soluble that on you is in you i see you know, we used to have an expression i trained as a chemist and we used to work with organic solvents like benzene and ether and things like that and you know i remember once the laboratory instructor told me ken don't splash that on your skin because on you is in you. I see. So, you know, uh, Grant, when they do take their turnout gear off, um, they do get these carcinogens on their skin. And, I see. And you know, they have increased body temperature and there's vasodilation. And these compounds do get in. It's almost like getting it IV.
1: Right. So, almost impossible uh, yeah. to
3: avoid. Yeah. 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 Almost impossible to avoid. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. but but these are a lot of these things you have to keep into, you know, account are modifiable risk factors mm-hmm. modifiable you know like decontamination and, and that sort of thing appropriate gear and so forth i see
1: well that's that's really good information and i'm sure the the listeners will appreciate that um so um maybe i could just turn to dr lewis lewis friend Fran, um and maybe we could just Talk a little further about the 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 findings of the study and and kind of the conclusions that you've come to as a result of this um maybe i could just ask you what 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 can the fire service do i guess to lessen the impact of uh firefighters dying from cancers is there anything that that can be done about this
0: well i think this landmark study allows us to reverse engineer Um, our approach to firefighting and firefighter wellness, Mm -hmm. because we know that they're at increased risk, as was mentioned, for both traumatic injuries and long-term for cancer. So what can a firefighter do? What can the union do? What can management do together Mm -hmm. to try and bring an inventory of uh, a firefighter's individual health? So as was just mentioned, we can transfer some of that responsibility, but give them the tools they need, and give them the motivation, and give them the encouragement to live, you know, a successful life, so that they can actually enjoy their retirement. Bye. So the um, the members of the uh, Surrey Fire Service were concerned about this, and so was the union, and so was management. And for the past year and a half, we've been developing a system so that each firefighter can individually. Uh, control their health record their exposure record and set goals for themselves to try and minimize the traumatic injuries and also to try and minimize the risk for developing cancer um, down the road so it's basically a uh, surveillance system health promotion tool that's been designed online and that's in beta testing right now and I act as their uh, consultant or coach so if they want me to have access to their records, um, they give me access, and then working with them, we can provide some advice in terms of how to reduce stress, how to reduce anxiety, uh, how to detect if mental illness is present or substance abuse issues, or issues issues that may have an impact on their health. So working collectively, the union and the management and the firefighters want to make sure that we implement appropriate screening that's targeted towards the individual instead of just doing blanket screening for everyone that may not be of any value to anyone in particular. So it's an exciting new way to take the results of this study and say, well, we'd like to prevent some of those 90% traumatic injuries and we definitely want to reduce the burden of cancer in these firefighters and working together, um, let's develop a health and wellness program for them that uh, sets goals that are realistic And sort of, you know, the fire firehood is uh, is a brotherhood and sisterhood of men and women that look after each other. And now what we're saying is, let's not be afraid to talk about these issues. And together, let's make sure we can, you know, have a a safe career and enjoy our retirement with our families as well. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty exciting work.
1: Yeah, just uh just if I could just go back for a second that that um online uh program you were talking about how, how does that work? Do they uh is it a tool that they use to just uh put in information about fires they've been at that sort of thing and then uh, how does that work? Does it
0: uh Well, it, Yeah, it's an exciting new way for a firefighter to take control Of their health and wellness. So they're given uh, permission to sign on to the site. They sign on to the site and then the site walks them through uh, different categories where they collect some basic demographic information and then the goal is to also collect exposure data and then if we find they may be at high risk because of activities um, that they partake in even off work, uh-huh. then we can provide some advice and suggestions on how to deal with it and then link back with the employee assistance program of the uh, you know, fire service itself. So it's, it's an evergreen program that will evolve based on the needs of firefighters and um, it's a program that will hopefully be able to show actual measurement and a reduction in cancer and definitely a reduction in traumatic injuries right. and we'll be able to measure its effectiveness by looking at claims.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Um something that possibly other departments uh, across the country could could use or get into. So, very interesting. Yeah. Um so what kind of is the bottom line of uh of this study, the the bottom line suggestion or thought? Um is it that fire departments need to be, I guess, more proactive about addressing uh, the the high risks to firefighter health, that sort of thing or
0: Well, you know, um, when you have a study that's like this, that's so well done, that actually is um, actually a little alarming as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. then you have to take it seriously. And if you take it seriously, then you have to start dissecting why are firefighters under greater stress? Why are firefighters more likely to be injured? Why are firefighters more likely to die of cancer? And then you take each of those areas individually, and then you start looking for some evidence-based solutions and then you put those solutions in place, and then you come back and measure. And as uh, Dr. Pike had mentioned, um, if we can get every firefighter to show up for every shift, Healthy and ready to go. Right. Um, it'll save taxpayers an enormous amount of money and it'll save the firefighters themselves and their families a lot of grief and suffering as well. I see. Firefighters and you know, firefighters are not supermen, they're humans that are asked right. to do super tasks. And it's our responsibility to make absolutely sure that each man and woman that does this. Is as fit as possible every day of the year.
1: Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Len, if I could just go back to you for a second before we wrap up. Um, if I recall reading towards the end of the study, I, I, I think it recommends more uh, more research or another study to kind of further this. Um, is that the case? Do you think we need to do more research on this? or?
2: Well, I think research in, in some specific areas,
1: yeah.
2: as uh, Dr. Francis Cuddy had pointed out, there's some there's some very significant policy implications there that came up with the recommendations. One was surveillance, the National Firefighter Injury and Surveillance System that to, to establish so that we can accurately determine in a real-time uh, way of what's going on in terms of our environment we also know that early detection certainly in the cancer area we can mm-hmm. have individuals that may still acquire cancer but they're not going to die from it if we can catch a lot of those cancers uh early uh, we have an opportunity to uh uh to detect those and treat those before it uh it kills them oh, i see and, and then as lewis is uh, emphasizing You know, this healthy worker. You know, health promotion is is a must, right? We have healthy workers. Yeah. uh, But we need to we need to focus on. We've been focusing on the body. Now we need to focus on the mind as well. And there's some other aspects that have have revealed themselves in this data that we have to pay attention to. So, and I know that the industry across Canada is really focused on post traumatic stress, et cetera. Yes. Yeah. uh, wouldn't disagree with that for a second, but it's part of a lifestyle in terms of wellness. It's your family, it's your psyche, it's your nutrition. It's a whole bunch of things that will make a, a fit firefighter, a fit um, a fit in the mind and fit in the body. So those are the areas that we need to focus on going forward and, uh, and hope that the industry pays attention to these policy implications and starts focusing in those areas. I see.
1: That's uh this is really good information. I have learned a lot just by speaking to, to you gentlemen, so I appreciate this. Um so anyways, uh I'd like to thank you all for sharing the results of this study. It uh certainly has some good information for firefighters and fire departments and it's it's really good stuff. So uh I'm sure our listeners uh, appreciate this information and uh, the results you shared with us today as well. So um, for the record, I should mention, uh, although we're on a podcast, uh, the study, it can be found at uh, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash CJR period UFV period CA forward slash slash. Um, and uh, this podcast will be posted on the Firefighting in Canada website. So uh, the information's there. So, uh, anyways, uh, again, gentlemen, thank you for your time. Thank you.
3: Sincere thanks. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you everybody. Thank you, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com and click on Hot Topics for more episodes.